Welcome to the O'Reilly Data Show. I'm your host, Ben Lorica. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to remind our listeners that we do have two event series that they can go and attend and learn more about the topics covered in this podcast. The first one is called the Strata Data Conference, which you can find at strataconf.com. The second one is the Artificial Intelligence Conference, which you can find at the AIConf.com. In this episode of The Data Show, I speak with Keisha Williams. She is a technical instructor at a cloud guru, a training company focused on cloud computing. As a full-stack web developer, Keisha became intrigued by machine learning, and at some point, she just decided to teach herself all the machine learning tools on Amazon Web Services. Fast forward to today, Keisha has built some well-regarded Alexa skills, mastered pretty much all of the machine learning services on Amazon Web Services, and she has now firmly added machine learning to her developer toolkit. So as some of you may remember, I have been hammering home the point of the importance of training in this world of machine learning and in AI, not just for your technical teams, so not just for your developers, your data scientists and data engineers, but pretty much across your entire organization. So just like the world of big data needed training for all parts of your companies so that they become used to making decisions and building products that rely on data, so will AI and machine learning technologies. So we had a great conversation around Keisha's personal journey, adding machine learning to her arsenal of programming skills. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Keisha Williams, AWS technical instructor at a cloud guru. Welcome to the data show. Hi, Ben. Thank you for having me. So one of the reasons, or there's a few reasons, but one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is because I'm fascinated by your journey going from being a Java developer or even a full-stack web developer to a machine learning practitioner, so someone who incorporates machine learning tools and techniques into your work. So a couple of questions. One, at what point did you start becoming intrigued with uh, machine learning? I would say 2017. That's when I really started playing around with machine learning and wanted to just learn more about it, how it worked and how I could apply it um, really in everyday life. So Dan, uh, so it's one thing to kind of just be intrigued and be fascinated, but so what were kind of, at a high level, what were the series of steps you took in order to upskill to machine learning? For me, I learned best by doing. And so as a developer, I needed something to build. And so I just really came up with a really fun use case. And then I just tried to build it using machine learning. And so the first step was really just trying to understand like what is machine learning how does it work but then understanding the data science process of just finding the data like cleaning the data getting it ready and then training the model so i just had to go through this process like this the data science process step by step trying to figure things out along the way 
By the way, that's very typical of a developer. Actually, I kind of have the same mindset, which is basically I want to learn a new language or a new library. I just go, okay, so how do I do this in this language or in this library? Keisha, were there any particular resources, books, videos, and things of that ilk that got you going? Yeah, so... Around that same time, I started playing around with Amazon Web Services. And so I knew they had several at the time, like machine learning services. And one specifically was called Amazon Machine Learning. And so I started with that because I'd heard that that tool was a great way to start. And it really like abstracted a lot of the complexities away to just help you get started. And so that was really where I started with the Amazon machine learning service, playing around with that and just reading all of the documentation and blogs that Amazon had about that service. And basically, I imagine you took some sample code, tweaked it and customized it for your use case. Well, I did examine like some of the sample code and some of the examples um, that they provided through the blog. But then I, I ended up really writing my own code. So you came from the Java world and the yes. web world. And yes, of course, a data science, you know, it's a Python world. Right. So I had to learn <laughs> Python. I had to get rid of semicolons. I had to learn how to program without semicolons. So that was also another part of my journey. So I didn't use Java. I used Python. And so I had to go through that just a learning process of learning that new language as well, which I found fun and exciting because I love learning new things. So it wasn't bad. I come much more from the data science, statistics and ML background, but you alluded to having to learn the data science process. Were you under the impression that basically the people just had perfect data? <laughs> <laughs> so, because uh, uh, you know, there's this uh, adage that uh, data scientists actually spend 80 to 90% of their time on just plumbing and cleaning data. Yes. And so that was a, a big shock for me. Most of my time was spent you know, trying to, you know, like finding good data and then changing it around a bit to make it meet my needs. And really, that piece was the hardest piece for me when I was first learning it. So at some point, then, you probably will encounter basically very specific questions related to machine learning, maybe the behavior of the model, the output of the model, and things like that. So did you have any mentors or did you have any people you could turn to or even uh, online forums that you went to? I didn't really have like a mentor per se, but I did attend a lot of like conferences just around the data science space, just to sit and hear what what I consider to be the experts, what they like the tools they were using, what problems they were solving. So around that time, I did I attended a lot of technical conferences. By the way, for the listeners out there who are not aware, Keisha herself is a very seasoned speaker, <laughs> but maybe not yet in the ML and data science world, but definitely in the web development world, right? Uh, I speak really across the board. I do a lot with Alexa. So I, I've spoken a lot about Alexa. I've spoken about machine learning, just really my journey and how how I went from a Java developer to 
ML practitioner. So I've tried to lay out my path to help others get there. So I speak a lot about that at conferences as well. So knowing what you know now about how you got to where you are, what advice would you give uh, fellow developers who are wanting to add machine learning to their skill set and their resume and basically just to their tool set? Yeah, I would definitely say start with Python. Like if you don't know Python, start learning that language. And then for me, AWS really helped me, I guess, get my feet wet because I started with the Amazon machine learning service. I don't think that service is available to new users now, but they've replaced it with SageMaker. And SageMaker, for me, was the next progression. So I would say learn AWS, learn SageMaker. And then when I was starting, coming from a Java developer background, I always thought that machine learning was this super, super, super complex thing that was just always going to be over my head. But don't be afraid of like new technology and and learning new things. And it's really not as hard as I thought it was. So yeah, I mean, as you pointed out, the main bottleneck in many cases, and in fact, we did a survey earlier this year, we asked companies what the main bottlenecks were for adopting AI and machine learning. And the companies who self identified as having a more mature practice their main bottleneck were lack of data, right? So, so yeah. data remains a bottleneck. And then yeah. lack of skilled people. So right now we're talking about how you possibly can address the lack of skilled people. So Keisha, if you were like uh, managing a team of developers and you had to do some simple machine learning projects, what advice would you give to such a manager? Would you say, send your developers to a conference Bring in some trainers to get your developers up to speed or just basically jump in head first? <laughs> uh, with machine learning. It's a bit of a vague question because it depends <laughs> on how complicated the project is, right? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say bring in resources that have used the tools before that you're trying to use. And maybe even they have tools that they can recommend But definitely, I would lean on a subject matter expert who's gone down the path before. Like with me, it was something that I was doing outside of work. So I had, you know, the opportunity to take as long as I needed. I had the opportunity to try and try and fail and try again. Sometimes when you're in a work environment and you're working against like deadlines and you have a set budget, you don't really have that luxury. So I would definitely say bring in subject matter experts that can help you along that path and help train up your team to be able to maintain whatever it is that you build. And then conferences, yeah, conferences are, they're always great because you're able to hear from industry experts and see how they're using certain machine learning tools to solve the problems. So are you, Keisha, at the point now where you're hoping to or are already beginning to use some of the skills you've developed in the area of machine learning and data in your actual uh, work? So in my role now, I'm a technical trainer. And so my job is to really help others learn these tools and, and things of that nature. So really, my job is to learn all of these tools 
in a way that I can teach it to others. So that's my role. And so I do things in the machine learning space. Right now I'm working on an Alexa certification course, like Alexa. Alexa and I are really good friends. <laughs> People <laughs> always laugh when I say that, but... <laughs> be careful, Alexa may be listening. I think I actually have mine turned off because she would respond whenever I say her name. But yeah, so a lot of my work is going to be in the AI and the ML space and just really helping others prepare for certification or learn some of the new tools in that space from AWS. By the way, in that same survey, Keisha, that I cited earlier, the companies that self-described as being more in the early phases, so they're just getting started in machine learning and AI, their main bottlenecks were identifying the right use cases and also convincing the rest of their organization that these technologies are important and should be prioritized. So uh, now that you're training people in using some of these tools, do you also talk about how they can possibly find the right use cases for some of these tools? I do see that as a challenge for some companies. So companies, they have a lot of data, but they're not really sure how machine learning can be applied. And I think there, we just have to make them aware of some of the possible use cases and just also think outside of the box on how they can use data to improve things for their customers and really increase their bottom line too. And I think We've really only scratched the surface with what machine learning can actually do. I feel like we're still kind of figuring things out and companies are trying to figure out how it can help their business. But for me, it's just a very exciting time to be in technology. And when we have technologies like machine learning, I think we've really only scratched the surface of what we can do. So from the time that you started playing around with the first tools on AWS, Amazon Machine Learning, to now SageMaker. Mm -hmm. Would you say that the entry points and the ease of use has improved even? So it's now even easier for a developer to get started and use machine learning in whatever it is that they want to do? Yes. It just amazes me like how easy and accessible these like these tools make complex things like machine learning or computer vision it just amazes me at all the different services out there and really how easy they are to use and how quickly you can innovate and have like a solution that's out in production so it's just it's amazing <laughs> so one of the things that i've kind of been writing about and telling people is that Machine learning, just like the move to big data, where companies had to change the way they think. So the decision makers and managers had to change the way they do things. In other words, change their mindset, become more data-driven, rely on data to improve their decision making. Machine learning will also require not just kind of training your technical teams, but also probably educating mm -hmm. your managers and decision makers, right? So Definitely. they also need to know, at least even at a high level, what's out there, what's possible, what yes. are the use cases across the board, but maybe even in their industry, 
Yes. What are some of the things that people are doing in their domain? So do you think that at some point you also find yourself talking to this crowd, not just the technical crowd, but also kind of the people who are more at the decision-making or management layer? Yes, that's a very good point that you raise. And it, that piece is, is very important. Typically, when you're in an IT, um, let's say you work in the IT department, you have your stakeholders or your business users that work on the business side. And you really have to have their support in order. Basically, the work that you're doing, it's work that they've approved, they have the budget for. So you really have to have that education conversation with them, you know, just letting them know more about machine learning, what it can do, how it can help the business, and so that they're really on your side to help you get projects funded. That's just as important as training your technical team. Yes. Let's pivot a little bit here and dive into some of the fun projects you've worked on on the side as you started to learn about the tools on AWS and machine learning in general. So one of them is a project called Live, Plan, Eat. So <laughs> tell us about this fun project. Okay, so that is one of my Alexa skills. So I've developed many, many Alexa skills. Here are some. Oh, do you hear her in the background talking? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to turn her off. Hold yeah. on for a second. So Live, Plan, Eat, that was one of, really one of the first Alexa skills that I created. And it was mainly to make my life easier. So I have three children. And just like the meal planning was very stressful. And so I decided to create a skill, which is an app for Alexa, that just allows me to do meal planning. And it allows my kids to find out ahead of time, like when I'm cooking for dinner, like when I picked up my daughter from her after school program, her first question was always, what's for dinner? And a lot of times I didn't have an idea, <laughs> but now I'll tell her, ask Alexa, she'll tell you. So that's just like one of the Alexa skills that I've done, but I've worked on several other fun Alexa skills. Keisha, for those people who are not familiar with the Alexa platform and Alexa ecosystem, a couple of questions. Sure. How many skills are out there that are available? And then secondly, for that particular skill you described, how complicated is it for a developer to build that? I don't know how we would measure that, maybe lines of code or whatever, right? So, Sure. So I think the last time I checked, there were like over 70,000 Alexa wow. skills. And so developers can create custom skills. There are a lot of companies like Uber or Domino's. You can like order pizza. You can order an Uber. A lot of companies have created Alexa skills. And so if I'm a developer and I want to create mm -hmm. an uh, Alexa skill, what does it entail? So there are really two pieces to an Alexa skill. And so coming from full stack web development, I break it down into the front end portion of a skill and the back end portion. And so the front end is just really like the voice user interface. So what is the name of your skill? How does a user open and interact with your skill, what can they say? So you have to like define all of those in what's called a voice user interface. And that's just configuration type things that you do in the Alexa developer console. But then there's a backend portion and that's really the code or the logic behind the skill. And you can write it 
I typically use AWS Lambda that all fits in the AWS um, ecosystem. That's awesome. You can author Lambda in Java, Python, and some other languages. I've used both Java and Python on the back end. And then that code can call out to an API. It can get data from a database. And then it sends it back to the voice user interface. And then that's what's streamed back to the user. So it's it's really simple. What kind of data do you need in order to have a reasonable behaving skill? It really depends on your skills. So for example, another skill that I have, which it's a really popular skill, it's called word jumble. So essentially, Alexa picks a word and she jumbles that word and she gives you the letters and you have to guess the word in as few tries as possible. And so on the back end, I control like the list of words. And so that's just something that I continually add to to make sure the skill remains fresh. So the data is really... It really depends on what you're trying to build. Name an Alexa skill. So this is kind of a tricky question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Name an Alexa skill that's not, you know, not associated with a company, but maybe kind of a, either a, a few developers wrote it or a, a very small company. Okay. That people are not aware of that you wish you had written. Oh, yeah. So my favorite Alexa skill, and it's a game. And it's called Yes, Sire. And so it's a, like I said, it's a game and it doesn't use the Alexa voice. It uses another, like, um, I think it has a UK accent, but it's like you're in this world and you have to make certain decisions in order to progress. And it's the stories in that game are just so fun and so engaging and I can play it every day. And so it's a skill called Yes, Sire. So if you haven't tried that, you have to try it because it's so much fun. (laughs) It sounds like with that skill you described, I remember a conversation with Laura Kunz of PandaBot, one of the large chatbot platforms. And she said one of the things that they found is actually at a certain level, at some point, you actually need good writers in order to have an engaging voice or text interface with a user because basically they you know in order for them to kind of be drawn in it can't be like dry conversation or dry text right so she was saying so actually they employ a lot of writers and english majors yes that is very true and i even think that amazon recognizes that because now for alexa they recently released this tool called skill flow builder and it allows like developers on the back end to work on an Alexa skill while you have like the writers working on the front end. And it's a tool that kind of brings everybody together. And so, yeah, definitely you have to have a good storyline <laughs> to keep customers engaged and coming back. So now as you're uh, training people to become what you've essentially become basically like a machine learning practitioner, how should people think about this in terms of how much time should they expect to devote in order to get to a reasonable point where they can really maybe start applying some of the things you're teaching them at work? So again, another vague question because it, <laughs> it depends on the project. Right? Yeah, um, you definitely have to be dedicated. And I would say dedicate a few hours a day to it. So when I first started learning um, machine learning, it, 
actually took off. My kids were out of school for spring break and I actually took off that entire week with them. And it was like from Monday to Sunday, that was my job. I just... Mom, we're supposed to be on break. (laughs) Get out of the computer. (laughs) Exactly. I heard that a lot. I I really did. But in that week, I was able to like focus and like build my first um, machine learning model. So not a lot of people can actually take off a whole week and, and devote time to it. So I would just say a few hours every day for a couple of months. And then hopefully you have a supportive manager who will say, hey, uh, maybe we should start incorporating some of the things that you're learning. Or maybe we can go to our business units and say, hey, we can add this sort of capabilities now to whatever service or things that we're doing. Yeah, you definitely have to look at, at the data that you have available. And then sometimes, like I said before, you just have to think outside of the box and figure out how machine learning can take your business to the next level and then make a case for it, get your supervisor's support, and then continue to go from there. So in your uh, current role as a trainer, do you focus mainly on Alexa or do you also help people with other AWS services, for example, in computer vision, Lambda, and all these other things? So the plan would be for me to work in the entire AWS ecosystem. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that Lambda in particular has a lot of people very excited, right? Yes, yes. I mean, just for me, just AWS in general has me excited because just the the rate of innovation, the tools that they provide, you can quickly stand up a solution in no time and have it in the hands of millions of people. So it's just, it's very exciting. The skills that you described, so there's 70,000 skills. So you built some... Mm -hmm. So I imagine it's like the app store. So there's people who specialize in helping you market your skills if that's what you want to do. And there's a way to monetize yes. some of these things. Oh, yes. Are we starting to see developers who are doing that, basically kind of quitting their jobs and just writing skills for Alexa? Yes. And so with the Amazon Alexa program, they have something called developer rewards. And so basically, Amazon will write you a check each month if your skill is one of the top performing skills or it has the most users. And I know a few developers who have been able to like buy Teslas based from wow. their like Alexa developer rewards. So I mean, it's it's pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. wow, wow, wow. Well, also, uh, it doesn't hurt that there's a lot of Alexa out there being used in the world, right? Yes. And the number continues to grow of people buying the Echo devices. So it's an exciting time. So the other thing you do is you give back. So you do a lot of community work. For example, you're uh, the chapter director of Technovation in Georgia. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So for me, I'm just very passionate about increasing diversity in technology. I mentioned before that I have a daughter. She's 12 years old. She already calls herself a computer programmer. She helps me teach like elementary school students programming. And so when I think about the world that she's going to like work in, I want it to be diverse. And so I really try. We're going to work for her at some point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I really try to work hard to like expose the younger generation to technology or just help 
those coming behind me along the way. And so one way that I do that, I serve as the chapter director for a program called Technovation. And I'm going into my third year of doing that. And Technovation is a program that has chapters around the world. And essentially, we work with middle school and high school girls, and we expose them to technology by telling them or helping them solve a problem in their local community and then teach them how to build a mobile app to solve that problem. And then at the end of that process, we also help them write a business plan and then they pitch their app idea and their business plan to a panel of judges and the winning teams walk away with a cash prize. It's an amazing program. It's all free for the girls. We work mainly you know, through volunteers and companies that donate money to the chapter. So it's a great program. Do you also talk about encourage them to go into computer science or engineering or oh, the sciences? Yes. yes, definitely. Computer science. Yeah, because yeah, it's definitely uh, a huge need out there. Definitely. Particularly as we've been talking about data is the bottleneck in AI, and we want as diverse a data set as possible out there for everything Yes, that is powered by machine learning. So the other thing that you do is you are involved with the New York Academy of Sciences. But wait a minute, you're not in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So they have a program called Next Scholars. And essentially, so with Technovation, I work with like middle school and high school students. But through the New York Academy of Sciences, I work with college students. And so through there, I just have a mentor that's in college and I just help her along her journey, help her pick classes, help her with her resume, do mock interviewing, just really preparing her for the, the workforce. That is is so cool. Yeah, And I actually went to New York to see her. So we did meet in person, but most of our um, meetings would be online through Skype. (laughs) You recently came back from a trip in Australia for work-related reasons. So just so you know, there's a lot of Aussie listeners (laughs) to this podcast. So what did you learn about AWS or machine learning scene in Australia? So I went to Melbourne, Australia, and out there is just a huge tech community because the company where I currently work, A Cloud Guru, I was there for two weeks and they had, I think, one or two meetups and it was a packed crowd. So I definitely saw an appetite for technology and like learning some of the new cool things. So it was a really fun trip. And there's also probably a lot of people dying to build things or maybe even start companies out there as well. Yes, definitely. Um, And Australia was so beautiful. I was able to, apart from work, just sightsee and take in some of the sites. And so it was it was a lot of fun. Seems like you've kind of made kind of that leap where you're actually more focused on ML in particular, but also just kind of this AWS stack in general. So what's on your list of things to learn and tackle? (laughs) Well, let's see. I definitely want to continue my machine learning journey. I don't feel that I'm an expert and there's so much more I feel that can be done that I need to learn. And so I'm just really excited to have time to really devote to machine learning and just continuing to grow in that space. 
So I chair a few conferences for O'Reilly Strata Data and also the AI conference. So there's a few job titles that we talk about in these two conferences. So there's the data scientist, there's the data engineer, there's the machine learning engineer, data ops, data architect, and so on and so forth. But I think actually what your story has pointed out is there's a whole larger cohort of developers who are may not necessarily be one of these very specialized titles, but they become practitioners, right? So machine yes. learning practitioners where it's part of the stack now. So to be yes. a full stack developer, you have to have some machine learning capabilities as well. Yes, I definitely agree with that. I think it's very important to have some exposure to machine learning. Like I remember um, in the late 90s when this language called Java came out and I started researching it. I was doing C++ at the time and I researched Java and I'm like, okay, this language is going to take over the world. This is what I need to learn. And like, that's how I feel now about machine learning. Like it's going to take over the world. I need to have this. Uh, I need to have this skill in my skill set. So definitely, yeah. Well, uh, Keisha Williams, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for joining us and good luck in your machine learning journey. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate you having me on the show. As a reminder, all the things that we talked about regarding Amazon Web Services, but all the important tools for building AI and machine learning applications, you can learn about all these tools as well as all the different ways companies have been using it in a few weeks at our upcoming Artificial Intelligence Conference in San Jose, California. You can follow Keisha Williams on Twitter at Keisha Wills. Thanks for joining us. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn.com or SoundCloud or Spotify and never miss an episode. Mm-hmm.